Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to Judas, not Iscariot, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The countdown is over. Parents, students, and teachers know what I'm talking about. School is out. From now until when school starts again, there will be a multitude of family reunions and family vacations. Because I was busy on Sundays for several decades... I miss many of my family reunions, which were held on the third Sunday in June, and at that time, many hours drive away. But on occasion, our family vacation would coincide with the family reunion. And guess what? I got to go. And if you're like me, and you've missed many family reunions in a row, well, you got to get to know everybody all over again. You had to put names to faces and faces to names and start off with some kind, sometimes some new names because people have been married, unmarried, married again, grandchildren, graduations, retirement. I hardly knew anyone at these family reunions anymore. And this catching up is usually filled with family stories. Now, you know as well as I, you can't get by telling a story by just saying one simple sentence. Say, for example, your great aunt got married at 17. You know that doesn't work. What you hear is, you know, Rachel, your great aunt, now gone, God love her. She went off and got married when she was 17. And Avery, your great uncle, killed in the war. Well, they both ran off to Charleston the day after she graduated from the high school. Like to kill their parents, Roy and Virginia. What a footnote that is to your great aunt got married at 17. Family stories are all about the details because sometimes you're hearing it from an eyewitness to the event. Or you're listening to someone who has faithfully remembered all those juicy details. In a sense, the 50 days of the Easter season are like those family reunion stories. 
Once again, the stories are told and the details are remembered. This Easter season in the church's storyline, we heard about the resurrection from the women who gathered there first on the scene. Then we heard the story from Thomas's point of view. And next we hear the disciples see the risen Jesus on the beach and lo and behold, they had breakfast with him. And then we're reminded that Jesus is the good shepherd. And last Sunday, Jesus gave us a new commandment, love one another. Today is the Sunday before the ascension of our Lord. This Thursday is the Feast of the Ascension. Forty days after the resurrection, according to Luke's account, Jesus ascends to the Father. In our Gospel reading today, Jesus talks about leaving, and we can say the ascension, if you will, and the coming of the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, which we celebrate on 50 days after the resurrection, Pentecost Sunday, which is June 9th this year. As we say, it's all in the details. And each of our readings this morning is heavy on the details. You may have noticed that throughout the Easter season, our first reading is not from the Old Testament. It's always from the book of Acts, which details for us the activity of the Holy Spirit and the missionary activity of the early church. Today in Paul's reading, we hear about his traveling route. We hear of Lydia, a woman who listens to the word of Paul, and the Lord opens up her ears, and she hears, truly hears Paul's word. And lo and behold, Lydia and her whole household are baptized. And our reading from Revelation is full of the descriptive details about the heavenly city, Jerusalem. It's a poetic description of that heavenly city, and not just the heavenly city of Jerusalem, but our heavenly home. About the only thing lacking is a zip code. And in our gospel reading, I suspect the words that have gotten a lot of attention over the centuries are, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. My guess would be the peace that Jesus refers to is thought of as something in terms of our mind, like peace from strife or peace of mind. I suspect, though, Jesus is referring to something much more than just our peace of mind. But let's follow that train of thought for a few moments. How do we find this peace of mind? Our culture prescribes not only medications for everything that ails us, but also remedies that are supposed to bring us peace of mind. But still, lasting peace does not come about. What is it about us that keeps us on a treadmill, always moving, but never getting anywhere? Why do we have all this turmoil? Why are our hearts troubled and afraid? Over the years, I have come to understand that there are some people, you know, who talk to themselves. Maybe not out loud, but some of them do, believe me. And some of the time it's a running conversation highlighted by, why did I do that? Why did I say that? I know better. 
Many would say this inner voice is one's conscience. The details in our gospel reading lead me to think that this inner voice is given life and breath by the Advocate, the Holy Spirit. You know the one who's supposed to remind us of all that Jesus has told us? And Jesus has told us a lot over the years. And we don't have to look back too far. We can go back just to last Sunday and hear, Love one another as I have loved you. And we could add, forgive one another as I have forgiven you. Serve one another. Pray for one another. Be reconciled to one another. Comfort one another. Encourage one another. Have compassion for one another. Let the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, give life to our inner voice, our conscience. And disturbing thoughts began to bubble to the surface. Thoughts of, I should not have done. Or, I should have done. In fact, there are times when we would very much like to silence our inner voice. And you know what? That is the apparent peace the world offers. The world wants you to drown out your inner voice by continual distractions, endless amusements, projects, let's go to the mall, spend all day thinking about what to buy, all tempting one to drown out that spirit-filled inner voice. But you know what? Conversation with your inner voice is not drowned out. Conversation with your inner voice is only postponed. Be at the end of the day or the end of one's life, one's heart may still be troubled and afraid. And now let's shift gears here. In surrendering ourselves to Christ and saying yes to Jesus, we come to know the peace that Christ gives us. Our destiny as daughters and sons of the Most High God is to be one in Christ so that we, in love, keep Christ's word. But you know what? We humans, and it's very natural, we humans, when we surrender to Christ, when we offer ourselves to Christ, you know what? We only want to offer our good stuff. All that bad stuff, we don't want anybody to know about it. We want to keep it in the darkness. And then we hear the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, giving life to our inner voice. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. 
You remember Jesus saying that? This is important to remember. Christ does not identify with what we vainly seek to admire or idolize in ourselves. Rather, Christ identifies with that which we are ashamed of, that which we feel guilty about, our sins. As we say and as we read, he who knew no sin took on all our sin. On Good Friday, we remember the price paid, the ransom paid for our sins. And not just our nickel and dime kind of sins, but those words and deeds which we want to keep hidden in the darkness, those sins that lead to regrets. Now, I'm not speaking about, oh, I regret I didn't buy that property years ago. But regrets that affect lives and relationships. Regrets which trouble our heart and make us fearful. Regrets that keep us awake at night. But once you surrender to Jesus, guess what? Praise God. All that is nailed to the cross. But for some, this language of surrender is troublesome. Surrender, though, can be said in another way. God's love for us wins us over. This is because God's love embraces even when nothing else is certain in our life. God's love embraces as we exhaust ourselves on all our various treadmills of living. God's love embraces us in the face of all our regrets. God's love embraces us when our hearts are troubled and fearful. In divine love and mercy, which we cannot comprehend, God in Christ makes a sacrifice for us that in Christ we may become as He is, a new creature resurrected in God's love. This is what happened to Lydia in our household. This is what happens at our baptism. Do not forget, we are Easter people. I said we are Easter people. I didn't say we are perfect people. Yes, we will slip up along the way. Our pride and our selfishness at times will get the better of us. However, with contrite and penitent hearts daily, the Holy Spirit reminds us God in Christ forgives us. As sons and daughters of the Most High God, we receive Christ's forgiveness. And with grateful hearts, we are to share that same forgiveness with others. What a heart-healthy regimen that is for troubled and fearful hearts. 
as our inner voice is formed by the Holy Spirit, and as we become servants of Christ's love, mercy, compassion, forgiveness, justice, we will come to know the peace that Jesus gives us is so much more than peace of mind. This peace, by the way, is referred to in John's Gospel as joy and light. Could it be we have forgotten that Jesus said that as we abide in his love, his joy will be in us and our joy will be full? The joy and peace Christ gives us is the grace of our salvation. We are granted this gift of peace in the here and now. It is a peace that is to make its home with us. This peace is in the world. It can be found in the hearts of men and women known to Christ as his children, friends, and family. These are they who are won over by Christ's love. And the detail some miss is, hope is never absent from the peace Christ gives us. This hope is never absent in the face of any turmoil or any trouble. This is as it should be, for it is an Easter hope. It is a hope which reminds us of Christ's presence in our lives, and it is a hope which reminds us of Christ's power to make all things new. Amen.